I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey, this is Magnus Kennis. Hi, I'm Jan Willem van der Ven. Co-director of ADE, and you're listening to Rebel Radio, so enjoy. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the Rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, we are heading across to Europe. My guests are Mindert Kennis and Jan Willem van Den, the co-directors of the Amsterdam dance event. ADE is the largest global gathering of the electronic music community. Uh, I went over in 2019. Uh, you can check out my interview with Junior Sanchez, which I recorded uh, on site there. And um, it, this is a massive event. It's over a thousand events uh, with over 600,000 attendees total across, I think, four or five days coming up. Uh, in October so uh, right around the time we're launching and you know we talk about their vision for um, what ADE means in the global dance community Um, we talk a lot about their partnership and how they make things work together and and kind of how they've evolved this brand that's now over 25 years old into something that can uh, that can kind of be the barometer of the future of dance music so it's a great interview let's get into it right now Yeah, well, uh, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I appreciate you making time and, and excited to hear about what's happening with ADE. Um, if you don't mind, uh, I want to start a little bit about uh, you guys personally and kind of your journey to this to this point. Um, sure. And, you know, I always, I'm always interested in how, how we got to, to, to where we are now. So um, I'll ask you both the same question. Do you, do you remember the first record that you ever bought for yourselves? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, what was actually, if I can start, that was the Joshua Tree from YouTube. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first CD I bought. Nice. I think I was, I was ten, ten years old. So I saved up all my money to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to buy that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's still one I mean, you always remember. What a great record to start start your journey with. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> an incredible one. How about you, Jan? Um, I made a, a, I don't know even the name anymore, but uh, uh, if you uh, record the CD, so you, you copy it, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm from the time, the age of, of copying CDs instead sure. of buying them. Uh, but the first copy I had was uh, 36 Chambers from uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, That's a way cooler answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those are both classic records that uh, yeah. we should all have uh, in our collection. An illegal so. copy from Butang is quite, <laughs> quite ghetto, right? Nice. Nice. Um, and then how about uh, how about electronic music? What was what was your introductions to electronic music? Your your first rave or your first uh, uh, DJ well, set me, that you remember? 
for me, it was because I was born in 1977. So for me, it was from Miami Vice, the Crocker theme. Okay. I recorded, I recorded that on a tape, on a, on a cassette, and I listened to that over and over, and I, I got kind of addicted to the synth pads that were sure. using it. And um, so that was, and then afterwards, I started listening to Pink Floyd a lot. And then I think it was the early 90s when um, the Belgian new beat stuff mm -hmm. came along, and yeah. uh, people asked me mixtapes of that, and... Um, then it was all the the, the 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 club thing and the rave thing was going on, and then afterwards was drum and bass, sure. years of jungle and drum and bass, and then mm -hmm. onwards. Sure. Um, I have an older brother, and he was uh, uh, he was able to go to clubs, and and uh, 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 which I wasn't obviously not uh, sure. uh, not old enough for, but um, so he introduced me to the music without being in a club. But I I remember listening. To um, uh, Laurent Gagnier, uh, mm. uh, the Big Babu, mm -hmm. uh, at some point, and uh, and uh, it was a really a, 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 an awkward setting because I was at home listening to this kind of music. Yeah. If you listen in a club, and I was like, "Wow, this is just uh, uh, so off from everything I've heard before." So I I, yeah. I really enjoyed that moment. Yeah, I still I still know it. That's cool. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, you know, dance music has now become this this global phenomenon. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than you guys, and I started my career in, in at a dance music magazine here in Los Angeles. And you you couldn't find anybody, you know, even around Los Angeles who even knew what dance music was. Right, a, a DJ was something you saw at a bar mitzvah or a wedding or you know high school dance. And uh, and and now you know the. You know how far the cultures come. I think is is so amazing that it's really in every corner of the world, and it's influenced pop music and country. And uh, you know, I know you guys have Diplo coming up this year, who's you know taking it across across yes. uh, uh, genre borders and geographic borders and cultures and all of that stuff. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, no, please. Go ahead. Uh, well, so I know you guys are, are fairly new to, to ADE, uh, last couple of years, but, uh, as I understand it, it's, uh, was it 1996 that it launched? Um, yes. and so, you know, I'm a little curious how, you know, from your perspective, how the, uh, kind of how, you know, an organization like this rides the ups and downs, right. And, and certainly, um, you know, dance music has had explosions of popularity and then dips, you know, in the U.S. and, uh, and elsewhere. We've had big legal challenges to uh, to rave culture and the music is affected by that. And and it's it's definitely not a, a straight line on a chart of, of increasing success every year. Right. Um, mm. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, how do you guys handle that or, or how have you seen ADE handle that even before you joined? Um the sort of ebb and flow of, of, a, of a culture. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's funny that you say that because in the Netherlands, I think from, from when ADE started, even before that, like the early 90s, it kind of has been a, uh, an up, upgoing trend since then. That's fair. Um, I think from, you know, when it started, like I said, you know, the, the, in, in the early 90s with uh, uh, the Roxy here in Amsterdam and the new beat craze in, in Belgium and mm -hmm. to, the, to the rave culture. Of course, we had Gabber in, in mid 90s, you know, the really hard, uh, uh, the hard stuff. And then, you know, through drum and bass and progressive house, it always has been like it created this um this 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 base layer of popularity for dance music, which enabled it to become a mainstream sound like from the from the late 90s already and mm -hmm. we were used to listening to uh dance music on mainstream radio since the early 90s of yeah. course with the rise of of people like Jesto and Armin van Buren and, and Carl Cox and 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 those kind of artists so before I was at ADE I worked at Spinning Records and we kind of when I worked there we kind of had a head start because um, it was already super popular, and it was it was kind of n normal that you would you would listen to non-vocal commercial 
dance music on the radio, um, which kind of laid a layer of um, uh, uh, of success to build upon. Um, so, and of course, we weren't part of. Well, actually, Young was part of of AD, of AD before uh, uh, before 2019. But I guess the whole Dutch uh, industry here in Amsterdam always broke this wave of of continuous. Um, I don't want to say super success, but at least you know this this layer of a foundation of of popular music that that mm -hmm. that you could utilize for for building an industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And from a from a event perspective, it has been tough, uh, especially in the in the first years of of, of ADE, uh, starting as a affair where a trade fair where Dutch music was being sold to uh, Dutch copyright was being sold to uh, to foreign buyers of music, mm -hmm. um, and at some point, all these. All these managers and all these artists were at were at ADE, so they started uh, organizing a small showcase festival in the beginning of these years. No, not every club was happy to join, right? So uh, <laughs> it started with uh, uh, just two clubs, and there was a lot of convincing needed to uh, to get them uh, to, to get them over. Yeah. Um, but somewhere along the way, so I started in two thousand nine at uh, at ADE as an intern. Um, and then we were already on a, 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 a riding the wave, right? So uh, uh, when I came in, we had about 30 or 35 event locations uh, participating in the ADE Festival, the Showcase Festival, for two or three days. Um, and nowadays we're on, I don't know, 150 locations, uh, 600 events, for the festival uh, and still a lot of others for conference and arts and culture program, which is a cross-cultural uh, cross program. If we all going to sell out every every venue this year or every uh, event, uh, I think it's about 600,000 uh, people coming over. Uh, but it's uh, uh, it hasn't been easy in, in the beginning, but at some point you, you catch that wave and 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 from there on the... the the industry, the dance industry, the electronic music industry became more mainstream. That's what what sure. managers were just uh, uh, saying, and and we uh, uh, kept captured that momentum, and 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 uh, uh, we uh, facilitated the uh, a red arch around the third week of October for everybody in this industry and for all its for all its fans all over the world mm -hmm. and uh, uh, with the uh, 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 with the popularity of the music uh, uh, the, the the event grew with it so so yeah we're, we're uh, and we nurtured that uh, uh, that momentum and, and uh, uh, yeah that's where we are right now that's great um how how much as you said it started out really as as a way to promote dutch music right um and uh so how much do you think about sort of that balance between the dutch music industry versus you know now the global community that you serve and and you know how much attention is to is to making sure that you're also still still uh, promoting the local industry uh that's that's um we're facilitating this infrastructure, so we're facilitating the conference. We, we're 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 giving an international podium to local talent, and being it in Amsterdam, being in Holland, that means uh, a lot of artists on our lineup. I I, I believe we have about twenty five hundred artists this year. A lot of them are from uh, Holland, obviously, because that's that's the, it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's in Holland, so the infrastructure sure. is there. So yeah, so yeah, yeah that's that's. Uh, 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 within the fact organizing it in Holland, right? So, so mm -hmm. that's uh, uh, and um, yeah, we st we we still we're still keen on on, on uh, uh, promoting Dutch talent, but it's not only Dutch talent, right? So sure. it's it's an international platform, and and we do want to facilitate uh, the whole industry and and bring bring together everybody from this industry so it's uh, uh it's a balance and uh, uh we got a programming team for for instance for the conference we got a we got a big uh, programming team and they also always have this as a, a a decision in their mind so so to, to keep the balance right mm -hmm. um 
Let's talk about that team a little bit. I think I heard you on another interview. You said it's you're around 60 people. Um, how how much how important is it to hire people from the dance music community, and and you know how do you balance that with looking for outside perspectives uh, and and knowledge that you know that people can bring to the community? Yeah. So. Um, we have a core team of six people only, you know, okay. on, uh, for, so the whole year round. Okay. And then um, we hire more people along along the way during the year. Uh, yeah. ends up 60 where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, of course, we try to uh, 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 try to hire as much as a diverse crowd as possible uh, uh, because, you know, as a facilitating uh, uh, foundation because we're not a company, you know, we're a nonprofit foundation. You know, we right. facilitate this momentum for the industry and for all the artists and basically for the whole scene. Um, to facilitate that, you need to have knowledgeable people from all sorts of and all parts of the of 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 the uh, of, of the electronic music scene. So yes, yeah, so that's what we try to do. You know, we we try to not only for the programming. Um, for the conferences, but also the festival manager needs to be knowledgeable and 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 everybody you know uh, 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 assisting to that. Yeah, of course we try to to maintain as much. How do you say it? Um, as much of uh, um, um, yeah knowledge from the scene within uh, within the organization. And obviously mm-hmm. it's 100 because there's so much going on. Uh, uh, but we, yeah, we try to cover that as much as possible. Yeah. And we had to, uh, uh, we had like uh, due to COVID, we had two years to uh, uh, to find you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, uh, let's talk about that for a minute, right? So, as you said, you had this this break uh, that maybe was not planned, and I'm sure you used the time as as wisely as you could. Um, it didn't feel like a break. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure it didn't. Uh, I'm sure it didn't. But so now coming back live this year, um, what you know? What are the big changes or or innovations or things that you were sort of like uh, were able to make good use of the time, the time off, so to speak? Yeah. Well, the, the biggest takeaway from from COVID is that um, you know having a having night culture. Is not you know it was always kind of a given to a lot yeah. of people. It was always there, and it was people was always saying, yeah, of course you can go out at night, and of course you can be young, and of course you can mingle, and of course you can connect with people. But that's you know people learned the hard way that if you take that away, you know you're going to take a lot of people's uh, 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 progression and a lot of people how they express well, themselves. Yeah. And sorry, what? Well-being, the well-being yeah, of, of people. Their well- away and you know you, you see that a lot in in, uh, um, um, in surveys that that are being done about you know young people who are struggling with their mental health because mm-hmm. they can't go out, because mm-hmm. they can't do what we were able to do when we were you know 18 19 20 21 years old sure. and so and that's not only our takeaway because we already kind of knew it but you know especially from from people outside of the scene everybody kind of realizes that you know, what we do is not just some hedonistic uh, wave your hands in the air and then uh, go to bed, you know, late at night. It's something which is which really has proper value to to your expression and to your development as a human being. So um, we're uh, well, unfortunately, it took a it took a pandemic, but um, kind of uh, a thing that we take away and a lot of people take away from it is that it's really important. And and mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, that's for us the main takeaway and i guess uh, from uh, a, a strategic perspective um, we kind of made a, uh, a a strategy when we started at the end of 2019 um, after two years of covid this the strategy still stands so that's okay. also for us to realize that it's still a good strategy and um, well maybe young maybe you can tell a little bit about the uh, uh, about the changes there yeah so um uh we we basically brought down all of our conferences to until two, and and uh, it's uh, it's AD Lab, which is our entry level conference for ambitious creators and young professionals who are making their first steps in the, in in their music career, 
and we got AD Pro, which is our uh, uh, which is our uh, pro conference. Um, the idea behind it is that people who start who start in this music industry are uh, 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 they want to gain knowledge and 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 see mass classes, do workshops, and 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 uh, uh, for us it means if they make their first successful steps later on they will. Uh, convert to uh, uh, to pro visitors, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, second one is to uh, 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 create a cross culture program and, and in that program next to uh, 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 all these events, all these parties, uh, where uh, uh, let's say uh, uh, night culture is being celebrated uh, without uh, the dancing and, and the partying, but but it's it's more about. Uh, audiovisual installations and and uh, 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 mental health and it's more uh, uh, let's say the culture around electronic music instead mm -hmm. of listening uh, with your ears to a beat. Uh, sure. And uh, so these are the four pillars we we created. So that's on B 2 C side, it's festival arts and culture, and B 2 B is uh, lab and pro, and uh, it makes it more tangible to uh, to understand because we got all. As being a platform festival and conference throughout the whole city, we used to be like this this black and yellow monster entering the city, and you see it everywhere. And it's kind of you can't really uh, uh, touch it or understand it. And and we try to make it more understandable and and create this, uh, several pillars, uh, so you will uh, know where uh, every event, single single individual event. Uh, uh, what you're up to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I've, I've been to, you know, hundreds of conferences and festivals. I've produced hundreds of events myself, my company. Um, you know, I, f I feel like every time you're at a conference, every time I'm at a conference, I run into people that are like, oh, we, we could do this better. Or, you know, it's easy to pick out the flaws. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously behind the scenes, there's so much that goes into getting, getting things right, that there's always going to be room for improvement. Um, I'm curious, are there events that you guys attend or have seen that, that have inspired you to maybe think differently about ADE? Um, yes, of course. I mean, you take away something from every event that you, that you go to and every event has to, has, you know, special, uh, uh, uh special details or special, angles that you want to discover and and you know talking with electronic music uh you know it, it also depends on the backdrop you know you have uh, i mean in miami you have of course you have the miami backdrop the same as in, in ibiza it's, it's the same amsterdam you have mm. like the rainy the rainy shitty weather as a sure. backdrop you know <laughs> and the canals yeah <laughs> and the canals but that, that, i mean it is and, it is a beautiful city yes but it enables something different for every different conference. for certain yes, yeah. in miami yeah. you're at the pool parties in ibiza yeah. you're also at the pool, but it's you know you're you're in ibiza and in amsterdam it the, because the weather is most of the time not so good you do a lot of business so it's a lot of business orientated uh uh, uh event yeah. and you know so so everything makes an event special and i think with ade what makes ade so special is that you have all these industries doing really you know, hard hitting industry stuff, mm -hmm. which means there's a lot of industry coming, which means there's a lot of arts performing. And when there's more artists performing, there's more industry coming. So you have like the symbiosis. Sure. Um, there's more fans. Sorry? Yeah. And I said, uh, and eventually that brings out more fans, right? Yeah. So, so uh, with Absolutely. these yeah. arts coming, uh, uh, people will uh, go to the events. Sure. And of course, we go to by and then we learn a lot from that uh, to see how that's going every year. And um, so, yeah, you take you, you try to, 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 you know, to kind of cherry pick on, on different uh, experiences and see if you can if you can add that to your own experience. Yeah. Uh, while at the same time, stay at the core of what makes your uh, experience so special. Sure. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed, I mean, I've worked a lot with South by over the years. They keep a really tight control on on the events and the venues around Austin and it's uh you know uh, we 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 tried to do some events around them and and they make it really uh hard to do and then in Miami it's it's quite the opposite right there's 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I run into people all the time that didn't go to the conference, didn't buy a pass. They're throwing parties and it's a much looser sort of organization. I wonder how you guys think about that in terms of, yeah. you know, control versus versus yeah. uh, community. Well, uh, yeah. So being a platform festival, your community and your stakeholders are, are key, right? So, so uh, uh, if we organize it all by ourselves and we put a gate on in there and, and uh, uh, you lose it at some point. So, so sure. it's, it has to be like a balance between these, these two uh, uh, opposites. Yeah. The, the approach we have is that we, we work together with the municipality and basically every event in Amsterdam uh, during that week that wants to organize an electronic music event uh, in that week has to be an ADE approved event. Mm-hmm. And of, of course, there are uh, places where you don't need any permits from the municipality so you can do uh, uh, what you want. But in mm-hmm. the end, uh, uh, the, the output is that basically every event in Amsterdam is an ADE official event. Uh, without pushing them uh, and and having this 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 like this this uh, hawk approach, you need to be ADE. But right. uh, uh, we we uh, uh, try to use our soft skills to uh, and and to uh, uh, convince people uh, uh, that with every single promoter and every has his own engine and his own community uh, starting to organize these events, and together we build this this. Uh, uh, this this huge international international platform, and we we mm-hmm. bring it up a level higher. Um, and if you can enable them to uh, uh, become better and bigger, and uh, uh, you can use your own uh, marketing power to uh, uh, to give them wings, uh, mm-hmm. it's a win win. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a typical Dutch approach. Typical Dutch approach. Yeah, it's typically to find a mid, to, to find common ground and to see how you can prosper together. Yeah. Um, I think it's really at the uh, kind of at the core of, of how Dutch people do business. At least not all of them, of course. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. And that's probably we, we should all probably learn from that. Uh, I think, you know, Amer- America tends to be very competitive, um, which is maybe has different advantages, but also some disadvantages. Everything, yeah, has its advantages and disadvantages. That's true. Yeah, of course. Um, it also depends on how things are being organized by a municipality, sure. or uh, uh, so it's. Uh, and, and this is this has grown over the years. I, I used to be the festival manager of ADE. Mm-hmm. I started in two thousand nine, and from I don't know somewhere two thousand eleven or twelve onwards, I was a festival manager. And at the beginning, we didn't have this collaboration with the municipality, so we were just organizing, and they were all getting like this individual permit questions. And at some point, we we sat together and we were like, okay. We should uh, uh, we should create a process together because you 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 are our, we want you to be our conversation partner uh, yeah. uh, so, and you will have your own stakeholders uh, uh, and that grew and 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 now we got this this project group together with the uh, uh, city council with a lot of people in it and 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 everybody has his own. Uh, 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 responsibility in this uh, in this process and and it works really well. It's I think it's uh, uh, one of uh, the best showcases working together with a city uh, with a city council. Yeah, nice. I mean, that's a great insight. And and I think about you know this this brand that's now over twenty years old, twenty five years old. Um, and and it, as we talked about earlier, it's very different from where it started as it should be. Um, are there other kind of moments that stand out as really pivotal where where the brand you know changed or grew um, or sort of you know important lessons I'm sure there are too many to tell but but some of the the key ones that stand out along the way well I think, I think the most... um, oh, sorry you do first okay well I think that the the one of the most uh, unique aspects of ADE is that we leave all the creative inputs, you know, the musical input and the lineup input and, and, and artist inputs to the scene, so to speak. It's a weird weird thing, but to 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 actually to the to the to the venues and to the uh, to the promoters. Um, and that that that's what makes ADE relevant 
you know, every year, because if it would be us, and of, uh, again, we're a foundation, not a company, so that makes us super neutral and it makes us an umbrella right. brand, sure. which uh, uh, engages all these uh, uh, venues and all the promoters to do what they do best. And that is, you know, uh, uh, to utilize their uh, uh, their network and their platform to do what they do best and grow artists and grow uh, uh, genres and grow hypes, etc. At ADE, and mm-hmm. I think that's uh, uh, that's one of the one of the key success things of ADE, and that's that's what keeps ADE relevant to again every year uh, a, a new crowd and a new younger crowd that uh, discovers the latest trends and the latest genres and the latest hypes at ADE because mm-hmm. if we would if we would uh, um, if we would have the best team in the world who would be on top of everything this year they would miss out in it four years and then sure. we would become obsolete at some point you know yeah, so that's 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 one of the that's one of the driving factors we i believe at least to, to that makes that, that keeps ade relevant and and successful that's great yeah uh, it's hard to top this one but uh, <laughs> uh, uh what i what i think is 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 uh, 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 well has been crucial in our in growing our brand is also let's say the design so so uh, uh, at some point we 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 stick to uh, we stick to the uh, black and yellow. We created the cube, uh, and we did it consistently and and uh, 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 without a lot of distraction, and uh, uh, that became a really uh, popular uh, yeah. brand and, mm-hmm. uh, and an ID, right? So IP, sorry, yeah, the sort sure. of uh, yeah. That, and that's if you talk about if, if you talk about one moment in time, because from from probably a U.S. perspective, you know, when, once the ADE craze began in 2014, and I was I was lucky enough to be at the at the, the, the first row, uh, you know, mm. working at Records and we're working with Martin Garrix and Oliver Hellas and that uh, stuff. But the funny thing is, over here it was already big and it was just grew bigger, uh, right. uh, and so there was not really, of course, uh, uh, everything. Uh, went more uh, uh, well-known worldwide, but as ADE, as the platform, it kind of always grew steadily to to where we are right now. So sure. you know, there's really, you know, a few super pivotal points uh, to, to that you can point out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speaking of, you know, your background at spinning and coming from uh, a for-profit company into a, a non-profit um, how does that change your approach to to brand strategy? And you know, obviously, nonprofits still need to make money; they need to generate revenue. Um, but but as you're pointing out, there's a very different perspective on all of that. Um, yeah, well, there's like you said, there's pros and cons to everything. Uh, of course, if you're for, if you're a for-profit company, um, you're all you you. Maybe you're always more, you know, you want to perform more, and you know, you want to to, to beat the competition, and that sure. that that enables you to grow. Um, if you work for a nonprofit, it's not about beating the competition; it's about, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Well, that sounds a little bit weird, but like kind of more of a providing uh, uh, um, uh, organization, sure. um, and that also gives you. Um, it both ha- both has its has its pros and cons. I mean, the one is is the commercial is is nice because you really can go and you know you have this competitive thing, and if you are a nonprofit, it, it gives you a really uh, a good feeling to be able to uh, organize this for everyone and to to see that everybody prospers from it. So yeah, it's two completely different worlds, uh, but they are both really nice in their own way. Has there been one thing that's been kind of hardest to adjust to? Um, yes, of course. It's 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 the, the, the you know uh, the, the rules around it. You know, if you're on more on commercial, you can just do anything you want. Basically, it's just the, the, the sky's the limit, and just yeah. you have a crazy idea and just go for it and fund it, and then and then crush everyone else. And you know, as a non a nonprofit, you have to just think once, twice, th- uh, three times, and and have way more discussions about it to see, you know, who does it benefit? You know, does it uh, uh, benefit one party more than the other? So it's more of a balanced approach uh, 
compared to a, a commercial company for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, thinking about that, I know you, I know you have, uh, a number of important stakeholders, partners. I know you have uh, big sponsors in Heineken and Desperados. Um, and, you know, again, in, in the U.S., it's not a fair comparison, but uh, companies here have, brands have, have often had a tough time with dance music, um, kind of integrating into the culture and pushing their commercial agendas, you know, that are, that are sometimes very different from what the scene wants. Um, and, and I know that's, I know it's different there, but I'm, I am curious, you know, how do you make sure that those partners like those are happy and, and getting what they need? And at the same time, the scene and the industry is, is served and not kind of overrun by, uh, by brand advertisers. Yeah. I think the, the, most, the difference is that the people who work at the brands are more invested in electronic music, so they yeah. really know what the scene is about, and they they yeah. are they they are really part of the scene most of it because especially with the Dutch uh, uh, offices of the respective brands, of course, most most of the people you know they have they have experience in it, so they know exactly what they what they're talking about. So it becomes a, a way more natural cooperation than mm. a super commercial company that comes from outside of the scene and just sees what's happening and just sees a lot of young people and think, okay, I want to harvest those young people, you know, and that's when you get this friction. Uh, and I believe that um, uh, in the Netherlands, at least here, that that's less so because the people just know, uh, um, because the electronic music is such a integral part of, of society that, sure. you know, the, it's not this uh, 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 there's not this contradiction between it no. and and yeah. and uh, uh, besides the the money a partnership brings with it you have to gain uh, uh, from both sides mm -hmm. within this collaboration so if there's only money involved and you don't have any common ground the partnership won't work yeah basically that's uh, 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 that's uh, uh, let, let's say a basic rule on on how if, if something's going to work, if it's only money that brings you together, it won't work eventually. It might work for a year or two years, but if you want to grow a sustainable relationship with a, with a partner, you have to have more common ground than just uh, uh, giving a bag of money and, 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 and uh, uh, connecting the brass because people won't, won't, won't take it. Totally. Uh, but it takes, it, it takes a lot of time to, to really create a sustainable relationship with a partner. And, and, and we, we, we have a big partner team, a partnership team, to create that relationship and and to uh, uh, to identify both goals and to uh, to create that uh, to 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 integrate that into one one activation or multiple activations on uh, online and and uh, event wise. Uh, but it's uh, it's like a complex game, sure. right? It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, but it's a nice one and and. We're happy with the way we're doing it, and uh, uh, it, it it succeeds for for now. So it's uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I love what you're saying. I think it is about people in those companies needing to understand the cultures that they're marketing to, um, and having the time and you know multi-year partnerships where you get to learn and grow together is is so important. And you know, we see so many brands that dip in and out of dance music or or in and out of whatever you know, seen and they don't, they don't get the benefit of learning, uh, if they don't, if they don't come back and, and keep doing it. And, you know, you, you guys are spot on that. It's, it's all about the people on both sides of the table that need to be able to think together and work together. Yeah. yeah. Can't just come in, uh, uh, pick a community and then go away. It's the community, right. you need to nurture that relationship with every part in that, in that community before they really acknowledge your uh, your brand and 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 support your brand right it's it's yeah. not about yeah so but i think a lot of um a lot of, at least a few brands nowadays really understand that and it's more than uh, 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 just about reach or, or impressions or it's it's about it's really definitely getting better and better yeah absolutely yeah. um so i i heard you say uh in another interview you described ADE as a sort of thermometer for the dance music community and, and kind of what's to come. Um, 
So I know you haven't had it yet this year, but uh, but I'm curious from what you're seeing so far, you know, w- what is the future looking like for dance music for the next year ahead? Well, you really have to ask us, sorry, but you really have to ask us afterwards because the funny <laughs> thing is, we, like I said, you know, we don't dictate sure. what's going on. Of course. So we're not liking that's different from, for instance, my old job where we try to push a certain right. sound or a certain artist. We of are like course. the... Th- and then but you only can read the thermometer thermometer if you take it out and then read what you know what's okay. uh what uh, are the degrees so uh, yeah. uh most of the time afterwards we hear oh you you listen to that and that sound you know that was really that we really that started at ade and then you know we think okay yes this is this is exactly what we should do yeah so we're just super proud afterwards that we were able to facilitate that sure yeah but what we do see already is that uh um a lot of industry is coming to Amsterdam. So, uh, uh, and that was being away for two years. There was obviously one uh, at, uh, at the beginning of this year was was uh, was a concern. So, yeah. uh, uh, do we still have that momentum? Is everybody coming to ADE, or at least is everybody asking themselves, are we? Are am I going to uh, to Amsterdam in the third week of October? Mm-hmm. And I think we are able to say now that 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 has succeeded, and uh, uh, a lot of industry, a lot of fans are coming. Uh, ticket sales are going uh, going well for conference and for all festivals. Um, so, from a let's say global perspective, uh, uh, we're happy to to acknowledge the the fact that 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 ADE still got his momentum. Nice. Um, how, how many events do you guys plan to attend personally? <laughs> well, the rule. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we still have to uh, 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 make our own agenda definite. Uh, uh, definite, but um, yeah, I used to. I used to be the the, uh, uh, the the festival manager. And then I had about I don't know twenty five to thirty festival events uh, mm-hmm. a day and night, which I was mm-hmm. going to to shake hands and see everybody's go everything's so well, and then just to show your face and then. Uh, and what I said, use your soft soft skill to to show everybody you're you're doing this together. Um, nowadays, we we are more on the boring part of uh, ADE because it's <laughs> it's on the one hand uh, 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 showing ADE to uh, politicians and and uh, uh, the mayor and and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and and otherwise uh, uh, be. Uh, uh, be there when there's a crisis or anything right so it's uh, uh we're uh, you you don't want to swap uh, with our roles during, <laughs> during I bet. it's much, it's much more fun to just go to an event and, and no i'm and, sure and, it is and I'm listen sure. to music um but um um it is good for us to to uh uh to see what's going on in 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 all the uh, conference venues and all the festival venues arts and culture uh, uh, to show around some people what we're doing and um, uh, to really get a grip on on what you've been to get it more concrete because all the things we did till next week are all quite abstract right so it's it's about uh, uh, what we are going to do it's it's I'm, I'm really happy when when it starts and we can really see the the outcome of what we've been doing for uh, more than a year yeah nice nice well, um, I'm sorry I'm going to miss it in person this year. Uh, I will be there next year and and excited to see how it all comes together. I have a quick lightning round that I want to do before I let you guys uh, go on with your evenings, if you don't mind. Um, and you can both answer or you can take turns, whatever you prefer. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? Yeah, shall I just start? Because, uh... Sure. I am um, most favorite. I don't know if it's my most favorite, but the, the most intense experience in a city was for, my, for, for me was uh, Mumbai. Oh, Mumbai. wow. I yeah. bet. Yeah. I can imagine. I, I, we, we, did, uh, we did ADE for uh, uh, three or four times over there, ADE Global Sessions. So mm. I, I traveled a lot to, uh, to uh, Mumbai and, and, and it's just uh, uh, it's that that's, there was so many impressions and so many different sure. stuff than from from here back here in Europe so it's yeah amazing for me um, Berlin oh yeah yeah nice 
Yeah, that's a great city. I've, I've spent a little time there. Um, this one, I am going to make you both answer. Who's your favorite DJ? <laughs> uh, I'd say uh, Laurent Gonier because of the first okay. song I heard, and he's still a legend. And I, I'm like, he's, he's such a gentleman. So I'll just stick with him. I can't. No, I can't. I can't call one. No, it's just too difficult. I will say nobody the, likes this question. So no, <laughs> because it's too difficult. Because you you like so many different artists for so many different reasons. I mean, a movie, for instance, is strangely enough, is way easier than mm. than a DJ. Uh, no, I won't. No. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll we'll give you this one then. Uh, what's the last great book you read? Sorry. What's the last great book you read? The last great book I read. Uh, well, the last book I read was Harry Potter with my with my little <laughs> hour. Ago. Okay, it's a great book. It's a great book. Sure. Uh, also, a difficult one. The last great or the greatest? Hmm. Uh, what is it now? There's a there's a Dutch writer. It's called Thomas Olderhuvel. Uh, he okay. I wrote, a, I wrote a book called Hex. I really like that. Nice. Um, you young? You yeah. still there? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, I just read this book before the before the, just before the war, and it's uh, uh, what's my favorite uh, podcast maker? Uh, the the one with the the angry voice from uh, Bookestein. Who's uh, who's the other one? Yeah. You know? Sorry. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, it's Rob uh, Rob the Bike, and it's a uh, it's a book about uh, um, India and China uh, uh, becoming the new uh, uh, most dominant world uh, uh, power in in the world, and it's sure. uh, uh, and it's it's he stated over there in the book that that, that there's going to be a war really soon, and it's just a month later uh, it happens, and this guy still got a daily podcast. Uh, uh, oh wow. Uh, about uh, about war in in Ukraine, and um, yeah, he's a he's a really uh, uh, how, uh, how can I say this? Uh, 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 yeah, knowledgeable guy. That's uh... yeah, but he's uh, he's not he's not fun to listen, right? So it's always <laughs> like I don't want to hear it, but uh, oh yeah, I got it. Heavy, so, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a heavy guy. Yeah, heavy um, mind. Nice. So you brought up movies earlier. What what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Oh, uh, that's Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. Good one. Great or Alien. Aliens or Apocalypse Now. I think it's... Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's... Nice. Both good movies. Uh, the most? Wow. Flutter. Flutter, <laughs> no. I... I don't tend to really watch overwatch uh, movies okay. again and again and again. What yeah. uh, uh, I do like uh, Quentin Tarantino. So all his movies, I, I, I really like the uh, the conversations, right? The dialogues and, and the music he uses and it's, it's called them. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, one of them, I guess. Awesome. Well, last question. Uh, if I worked for you guys, if I was one of your six, or you added a seventh. Um, what's something I would hear you say over and over? If you would work, uh, sorry, can you? Yeah, if I worked for ADE, what what would I hear you saying over and over? <laughs> that is also a good one. Um, what do I say? Let me let me answer for young villain. Maybe you can answer for each other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, I don't have these these things I, I tend to tell over and over. Do I, Jan? I would say you will say uh, uh, just make it work. Yeah, uh, like that. Yeah, that's okay. that's that's basically. Uh, you don't want to have too many details. You're like, okay, I, I just want to make just I just sure. want to make you make it work. Yeah, yeah, uh, like that. Maybe yeah. for your hold on a second. Have you thought about this? <laughs> nice i think yeah. that's a good that speaks to a good partnership yeah 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 and basically so so we're uh we're a non-profit uh foundation and and that means our team is is uh not too worried about uh making money uh, mm -hmm. 
even more specific they're just spending money right so and sure. i'm i'm uh, uh, i'm the financial one of the two of us so i always i always ask people okay so uh, this is a great idea but how are we gonna uh, 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 how can we <laughs> what's this gonna cost and how are we gonna make it work <laughs> on, that, yeah. on that perspective financially Nice. Um, because we have a really creative team and that's good and they don't you don't want to have them think about limitations but uh, sure. uh, from from our from our perspective we do have to think about the limitations and mostly most of the part there are, these are financial limitations yeah yeah i should have asked this earlier but but with, with you guys as as co-directors is there What's what's one thing you do to really make that partnership work and and make sure you're you're in sync and complementing each other? I think it's uh, we we have been speed dated uh, uh, to each other. So so uh, um, um, Manet was already on the advisory board. I was away. Mm -hmm. I was working at ADE, but I was away for three years. And I uh, at some point. Uh, uh, um, the advisory boards uh, asked Miner to uh, uh, to do this job because he was already knowledgeable, being the marketing director of Spinning Records, and uh, he said, "Okay, uh, I can think about it, but I don't don't, don't want to do it alone because I don't have the knowledge about, let's say, Amsterdam and and mm. and, and uh, the festival and conference itself." Um, so they came up with me. And we've been speed dated, and we did we did a lunch together, and and we said to each other, let's uh, let's just do this as a, a, on a short term base or on an interim base. We did it for a few months, and uh, I think uh, we complement each other by incident, to be uh, by coincidence, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a uh, it's a it's a uh, it works, and yeah. and I think the, the reason why it works is because we are not. Uh, uh, we don't need anything to to uh, 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 to make it work. It, ju mm -hmm. it just yeah, it just works. And and nice. we're not a, we're not people that want to be on the uh, uh, on the stage. Uh, and we were we're both like okay, let's just, just let's just keep on the on the on the background. And and and, and that means uh, uh, we um, how can I say this proper uh, properly? Uh, we give each other the space to uh, to be at uh, uh, to be a co-director uh, nice. instead of taking the stage and 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 uh, we're not competing to each other we're like okay just uh, uh, some sometimes he's uh, uh, he's the one on stage and sometimes I am and then we we both got different roles and and uh, different uh, capacities or what's uh, what's it uh, what's the right word Com competences and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. um, that's just that just works yeah do you have anything nice. to say about this? No, it's absolutely. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for making time for this. Uh, everybody listening should get out to ADE, if not this year, definitely next year. And uh, we'll be watching and excited to see what happens next. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So that was Minder Kennis and Jan Willem van Den from ADE on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, if you work in dance music, you definitely want to be at ADE. Buy a ticket. Get out there next year, if not this year. I'm sure I'll be there next year and we can party in Amsterdam together. And most importantly, come back next week for Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>